What's up, everybody? Jay Ping here, back again on the North American Weed Tour podcast. Today we have special guest Matt Enos, owner of Patagonia and consultant at Pacific Green Growers. Matt, thank you for being on the show today. How are you? What's up, Joey? How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Man, I'm I'm doing well. I appreciate you being here with us today. I'm excited to learn a little bit about what you do. Uh, in the Oregon market out there and also just in the cannabis culture uh, across the country as a whole. Um, for those people that are not familiar with who you are and what you do, would you mind kind of introducing yourself and kind of breaking it down, kind of who you are and what you do? Sure. Let's see. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, I've, my day-to-day, -day, I focus on Pacific Green Growers, which uh, – is a propagation company or a nursery here in the Oregon market. And we're focused on genetics and clones as well as uh, flower here in the Oregon market for retail as well as farms is who we support. So you guys, um, you guys are primarily cultiv or are you guys cultivating and selling to the stores? Or are you guys cultivating clones and selling them to the brands who then sell it to the stores? We propagate uh, for brands who then mm -hmm. sell those strains to stores and then also we grow as well as propagate so we sell flour uh to retail or dispensaries as in about 150 pounds a month uh obviously running an r&d for 80 plus strains that we have in house oh that's gotta be fun insane but yeah a lot of work a lot of uh a lot of detail <laughs> I, I can I can only imagine. So uh, you're the owner of Patagonia, right? Talk to us about how that idea came about, how you kind of fell into creating your own company. It's a consulting firm for cannabis companies. What do you guys do there at Patagonia and, and how did that come about? Uh, I've been in sales for about 15, 10 years here in the Oregon market from medical. Um, started a golf tournament and basically have kept this as a, just a consulting name for cannabis. Um, I was going to do a regenerative project uh, with somebody, um, but unfortunately it just fell through, but I kept the name of Patagonia and just kept running with it as, as my own name, other than my Hang own, on. and really just as a consultant, just passionate about cannabis. Um, it to the market, the retail market here in Oregon. I've stayed here for like, since Rex obviously opened, and yeah, um, just on the streets all day. Out in, out in the streets, hustling, selling, propagating, cultivating, doing all the different things. Do you have an aspect of the industry that you enjoy the most? What is it that you actually are like, you know what? Like, I love to go and do this part of it every day. Uh, let's see. I think the biggest or the best, my most enjoyable part of my day is just connecting with farms, um, understanding exactly what their environment's like. And then really delivering something that we can help them with that helps them mm -hmm. be successful um, from a genetics perspective, something that fits within, you know, what they're running and how they're doing their, their, their deal. Every grower is different. Their environment's different. So I think that's important to key on. That, that's what you just said is super interesting to me because you have, you have, you don't just try to sell the same strains to everybody, right? It's you, there's a certain environment, they're running certain things. It has to make sense, right? So talk to me about your guys' style of propagating. You guys are creating some genetics, you're 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 keeping some alive, probably in you know, in the in the in the deeper in the books, you know, and, and just keeping some of the best stuff running. 
Um, how do you guys go about all of that kind of creative process in that area? Well, that's great. Uh, let's see. So we obviously have the R&D facility. Um, nine houses on an acre is basically what we've got. You know, we're a tier two here in Oregon. Um, we rotate quite a bit as far as the strings. We provide about 35 per week is what we've got available, at least, you know, 100, 200. On the, on the busy season or busy time of the year, we're propagating 80 to 100,000 clones a month. Wow. So for four months, you know, we're planning that out. And we obviously have for outdoor, for indoor, we have genetics for light depth, you know, and obviously anything in between that people are running. You got two or three light depth runs each year here now in Oregon. And so it's super exciting. You know, you got different strains that do different, they have different characteristics, they have different yields at different times of the year. So Honing in on all this and learning how we're able to assist different people in different regions, as yes. well as obviously what their environment is, is is really what it comes down to for us and focusing on getting better stain strains in our stable every day. Yeah. You know, working with farms to make sure that we have the best cut of what we're representing, you know, we're saying what we have. So working with breeders a ton at this point is really our focus and making sure that we're highlighting um, and getting better genetics every day i think that's my key to success for the future so stable genetics you're look what what are indicators of stable genetics is it a certain type of strain is it terpene profiles or does it go much more beyond that to the actual we'll call it what is it the the biochemistry or or the pheno the phenotype kind of kind of things of that nature you know there's so many people with so many different perspectives on this. However, you know, I do know this. I believe that there's obviously some strains that you're going to be able to run in different environments and they're going to have more susceptibility to mm -hmm. challenges. And don't get me wrong. I, I will, I would say this cookie strains. If you, it doesn't matter what cookies you run on me. It's very difficult for me to suggest that in a, in a light depth environment. I know that the thin mint and all that wash as well, but man, we've got challenges when it comes to some of these breeding, these breeds. It's not really, it's more about stability within the environment and the stress we're putting on them, you know, in the way I'm seeing it. And so I'm not trying to bash cookies at all when I say this, but I, they are very finicky from a light depth perspective. And when we're putting it in, at 4 a.m. in February in Southern Oregon, and it's, you know, 35 degrees, 40 degrees, but yet the ground's 65 to 70, whatever you want to do. But at night, when you're putting them down at 4 p.m., it's 100. You know, that's a huge difference or fluctuation in degrees. So there's just different stresses on stability within different strains. So that's, that's what I've been seeing. Interesting, interesting. So cookies, the cookies family, it's not just necessarily their brand, just cookies genetics, right? They come from a family that's genetics. Nice. So those, that's important to differentiate that, that it's not like you're going to a store buying cuts of clones from cookies brand. Like that's not a thing anymore. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. Right. So, so at this point, um, what are, what would you say are some of the other strains that are out there that you've noticed will say are a little bit riskier in a light depth environment? Hmm. You know, that's, I think you definitely have light depth. I think in general, everybody's learning. It's, you know, it's becoming more popular, 
you know, mm-hmm. definitely more the norm. Um, it's a smart way to use your outdoor uh, lot to, I think you're making more money that way or to be more profitable. You're, you're definitely creating more flour each year. Um, yeah. That being said, I think it all comes down to phenotype and selection. I don't think it really matters what you're, you know, I think obviously more and more we're getting to these folks that want to get it to look like indoor weed outdoor, you know, yeah. but um, there's, I mean, we're growing, we're growing for customers that are developing habits. We are getting used like if you go to a city, right, you go to a big metropolitan city, nine times out of 10, you're not going to see outdoor weed. That's from, from out in the farther parts of the state. Right. There are distribution right. costs for small companies that are hard for them to work through. It's there's layers and there's barriers to to this to this to the industry, right? Whether it's southern Oregon to northern or northern California all the way down to San Diego or SoCal. Like it's a trip. Those are those are miles and costs and gas mileage and all this kind of crazy shit, right? And so um, I know for you, you said today you actually drove up into Portland, right? And you, you went around a little bit and caught, got, got some stuff, right? I did. I had, what, what are we working with today? I'm excited let's to see. see what, I'm went, excited to see what that good, good looks like up there. All right. Let's see. Let's see. We got, uh, I went to Novik today, which is a partner of mine. Uh, they carry a bunch of my, in, I actually run through them on the, most of my indoor strains that I think are going to be successful out in the market. We'll actually oh. have a few partners run them before we get them out there. Um, and this is a strain we created called Oregon Mac, which is diesel, Oregon diesel. And uh, Mac from Cap, let me find a decent nug. The Mac nugs are crazy. They've got that classic Mac structure and then yep. white, purple, frosted. Oh, yeah, I, I, I can already tell by that that that's a classic Mac. I don't know what yep. to see of it, but it's Oregon Diesel Cross, and it's running good in every environment, which I'm stoked on. Can um, you can you give us a good? Can you give me a good snap with that? Of course, buddy. Oh, here we go. This is that ASMR. Here we go. Here we go. Bam. That's Ooh, listen to that healthy snap, man. There we go. It's pretty fresh still. It has you know just they pulled it down like four or five weeks ago, so it is somewhat fresh, but a uh, decent snap on it for that time period and it it's got oregon diesel background or notes which has that blackberry oh yeah okay and uh mac which is fuel you know yeah it's a little bit more gassy if it has a little fruity yeah fruity gas right that that like uh human depending on the the one you choose right on the terpene profile you choose from the mac we ran from seed and those we call it mac 5 that's the one we crossed with the oregon diesel and so you took we chose the oregon diesel structure because we had such a bomb plan of it, or it's just such a good selection. And then it just turned out rad. You know, everybody from indoor depths, outdoor, everybody's having super success with this strength. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what are some of the characteristics of the Oregon diesel? I know people watching right now, you know, Oregon is kind of slept on in terms of, you know, being talked about so much in the media in terms of, oh my gosh, it's growing the best weed. It doesn't, there's, there's not a lot of rapper stuff happening out there or celebrity stuff. So you guys are obviously cultivating some, some really good quality premium cannabis, indoor, outdoor, all of the different varieties of it. What does Oregon, what, what are some of those strains Oregon's known for? And let's start off with this Oregon diesel. Walk me through what the lineage is on that and kind of what it smells or looks like. What is good Oregon diesel even like? Oregon Diesel is, you know, 
a classic from at least 10, 15 years ago. Everybody asked me if we still have the cut of this, and obviously we, if I did, I'd love to get it out there from a propagation perspective, but we used this for breeding, and unfortunately we don't have the stock anymore. That being said, um, Oregon diesel is a classic Southern Oregon outdoor successful harvesting weed that you get good. It's kind of like a huckleberry raspberry finish on the back end with gas. It's heavy. It's got great structure. It's got solid notes to it. It's just, an, I love, it grows in every environment well within the Oregon area. Um, I really- Is it more of that sativa, it. like a true sour diesel? Is it more on that, on that body? Cause you said the word heavy and so I'm like, this this it's you know because the, there's different types of gas right there's different the, the, there's the diesel gases there's the funky heavies there's the piney gases the gelato gases right there's all these different types this one leans sativa um it's heavy on the blackberry back end of the funk is what we chose from a flavor perspective so obviously that's kind of more of a hybrid it's crazy everything's now hybrid you know no matter how you look at it um but I'd say that this is a sativa-leaning hybrid from the Oregon diesel side. But then when you brought the Mac into it, I feel like we just brought it into a hybrid. Yeah. Does uh does that black does it make you hungry? I feel it's like black. Yeah. I feel like blackberries terpene profiles always get me freaking eating everything around me. <laughs> you know, this one it's just such a flavor. The fuel backing of this thing is amazing. I wish I could give you some. Hey, uh, yeah, you can just hand it through. I'll grab it. I will, you know. I <laughs> well, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna smoke a little bit on this Soldier Exotics. You know, Soldier Boy has been in the news recently a lot in the rap world. You know, he's the first rapper to do all kinds of different shit. So he's unfortunately not the first rapper to have his own weed. But this is some grease runts. So it came from a grower out of the Bay Area called Grizzly Peak. It's not, I'm not throwing shade at Grizzly Peak when I say they're not typically known for having the best weed in the world, but this is the best weed I've had from them. So just real right quick, just to give you a little idea. Mm -hmm. It's a nice, it's a nice, you know, greasy runts is what they call it. It's got that. Uh, greasy runts. Yeah. We but the issue that. was is that this was the biggest nug. Everything else was smalls. So it was a $55 yeah. bag of smalls. Hmm. But I got to give it to them because I'm a person, you know, I'm a music fan. When I go to certain concerts, like I just bought a, I bought a Nipsey shirt, RIP to Nipsey, spent $60 on a t-shirt. Yeah, to me, it's the same kind of thing. It's like for certain artists, if you're a fan, there's this cost association to the brand. I can totally understand how cultivators or propagators or different people from the world of cannabis, how they don't appreciate rappers just coming in, smoking a couple of eights from a couple bags and making a choice. But to me, that's part of the rapper experience is it's like, now I can, you know, I can be like them. I can smoke how they smoke. I can rap their music or whatever it is. And so is it the coolest thing in the world? No, it's not. But it's Soldier Boy quality, in my opinion. So to I me, this is on brand. It's killer that he's helping to farm, you know, obviously in that regard, put something out. I, it depends on the strains that they use to make that happen. I mean, the runs might be on the smaller mm -hmm. side, no matter what, to make those nugs, most of them more small. You know? To be, yeah, to be, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad about the size of the nugs because to me, 
you know, A, we both know it's not all about THC. So just because it's a 16, 18% smaller nug or whatever it is, I'm not upset with that as long as the terpenes and the terps are still there in the flavor. And that will come from, that comes from strong genetics and stable stuff. So I, I always, most runs taste like runs. Like even me, I grew runs outside this last winter. We did, and it just, it, it ended up growing like a, a, it ended up growing like a bonsai tree because we, we fucked up. <laughs> but it still tasted like freaking runts, like really good runts. And On the Skittles side or what? Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful. It was like, you know. That's the right cut, in my opinion, on the run side, if you're getting on that Skittles side. I feel like that's where you got to go. That's the one we have that we're putting out these days for Pacific Green. It's heavy, and uh, we got it from Fire Creek Farms here, you know, okay. really good grower here in uh, the Corvallis area. There we so go. Killer of him. Um, we got a GMO. Obviously, most people have a GMO. Ours is on the onion side, which is great. You know, man, we got a few good. Oh, uh, Tahiti Lime is the new one we're coming out with this year, which I'm super excited about. Been hearing a lot about the lime cuts. Yeah. And so this one, I'm finishing it right now outside. It'll be my first one done um, and heavy. Looks great. Super happy with the profile. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. The um, so I guess this kind of leads me to my next question that I have for you. I, I was thinking, you know, you know, obviously, you know, when you're breeding, you're doing a lot of R and D. You know, you clearly have dispensary partners, right? You've got to have not necessarily an opinion on who actually is the best of the best, but let's give some flowers to the people who are cultivating good flower in Oregon, right? So, who do you feel out there? If someone's going to go to Oregon, they're coming from Cali, they're coming from Washington, they're looking for strong genetics, you know, not necessarily always the priciest of the prices, but who's, who is putting on for Oregon at the best level in terms of just flower right now? It can be any indoor, outdoor, lighthouse, whoever it is. Who's doing it right? I will give props to a few companies in each environment. I feel like that might be most there. You know, of course, Some of course, clients. of course. Some clients, some not, but no matter what, uh, I think from a performance perspective, that's a hell of a question. I think because it's all about quality right and now, consistency. We're not, it doesn't have to be the best in the, everyone's got best of the best. Everyone's got an opinion on that one. Kanye versus certain, you can like both. We, you, everybody can like whatever they want, but who do you as a certified expert in your field, who do you have up there as growing really, really consistent quality buds? You know, I think, I think Novik is pushing out good flour, great flour. Um, I feel like Resin Ranchers is pushing out great flour. Uh, I feel like from a quality perspective, I've seen Loud come on quick um, and definitely bring some, some quality genetics that they have um, mm -hmm. that I think people are liking i think those are definitely three quality indoors i think from, yeah. from a depth perspective i think you got rogue river you got fire creek um those are folks that i feel both southern oregon and central oregon i think those guys are doing great work um and from an outdoor perspective i think it's all over the board but that um 
Elvis Benson, I think down in the South, he's, he's actually, I think he's putting out some great weed, um, from a dissolute perspective of, well, depending on where it runs to it, I think is, you know, different, but where we see the flower actually in the shelf on the shelves, um, as a flower, uh, product, those are, those yeah. are ones that are doing some good work. Those are and all you know, big, other. big shout out to all those farmers, man. Big shout out to all their cultivation teams, all the, all the people who help hats off to every single one of them, because a lot of work, a lot of effort goes into cultivating this flower, a lot of water, a lot of tarps, a lot of energy, a lot of people showing up early and having to stay late, miss holidays with the fam and do stuff like that to take care of stuff. And so it's big, big respect to all the people in Oregon. A lot of, a lot of y'all, man, really created uh, a big part of the cannabis culture and California gets a lot of the glitz and the glam and the glory for it all. But Oregon's been right there along the way, shipping packs across the world, man, growing it's some of the best weed. It's nice to see some of those folks coming up here that obviously feel it's a little expensive to be doing the work down there these days. So we're definitely kind of, I know we're quiet around here as far as, you know, being on the scene compared to other markets, but uh, Florida, like, New York, Chicago, everyone's always talking about them, man. I love those places, but Portland, Eugene, Bend, Ashland, Corvallis, You've got uh, uh, all this, uh, the Rogue River corridor down there. It's it's beautiful. Applegate, People forget everything. Absolutely. You drive on the freeway. You got a bunch of passionate. You got a bunch of passionate, knowledgeable humans here that love the planet. Um, it's been a very solid medical market as long as California's has. Um, you know, you had. You had folks from here that left to build other markets, you know, and so it, it's unfortunate, but obviously we have some of the cheapest flour and just products in general across the country. Um, don't know why, but we, I feel like they're also solid. You know, they're, I think we have great products here. Um, people do you, are doing some really good work. They do. You guys do have great product there. I've, I've visited probably close to 10, maybe 12 times in a three year period to do market research and to really learn cannabis and, also to eat in Portland a lot. And this is when they still had the food trucks all, all over the place. And um, it, it, I just remember, I, I love the deli aspect. I've probably been to 15, maybe 20 dispensaries all across Portland and down into, um, I forget what's, what's south of, uh, uh, of Portland right there. Um, the other side. Yeah. What is that? Milwaukee? Yeah, just or, all yeah. over the place. We've been to, oh, yeah. I can't even think of all the different cities because there's like, there's so many dispensaries there. Like at any point you're in, you're just surrounded by them all over. Like there, I can't believe they're continuing to pop up more, but uh, yeah, there were well over a thousand dispensaries and you know, the Portland market has majority of them. So this, this leads me to my question. What are your thoughts as a business owner, as a consultant, you got multiple clients in the game, in the industry out there. What are your thoughts on the way and how it's set up and how, if you have any thoughts on a solution, you don't have to go into all the nicks and crannies on it all, but you know, you obviously have a, an opinion on, on, on the fact that they just continue to issue it and open stuff. So, you know, I think, um, I feel like no matter what this thing is when it becomes federally legal when um i think that's when everything is going to change for everybody and we'll all understand what our markets are really about 
without saying too much, I think we don't know really right now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, our, our true numbers, you know, I feel like every state has to be able to produce their own for us to understand really what we're all about. And sure, will black market be around? Sure. Um, I don't really, you know, I stay focused on our side at this moment in time. I'm done kind of on, you know, that whole thing is just not something I'm interested in worrying about. However, I feel like we'll know a lot more as an industry. Oregon's, you know, Oregon's high risk, high reward out there in that in that traditional market still too. There's obviously still so much weed that's able to to be what's quote unquote backdoored into various aspects of the the uh, the shipping of the packs or turning it into oils and stuff. But I know Washington and California, you know, it's just still it's, it's just always going to be around. And and I think the more we legalize and give patients access, when delivery gets legalized out there. When when uh, subscription services and these other things start really getting pumped out, uh, we're gonna see we're gonna just see more. And, and like you said, the federal the federal legalization, we we need to see natu national progress made for sure. That's where I'm excited, and I feel Oregon's gonna be a big player in that. You know, I think we're doing things right. I feel like shipping's gonna be a piece of this. They're gonna need flour from here, there, anywhere. We're gonna have regions that are basically growing different strains best you know i think that's just what it's going to come down to so we're all going to be shipping um but i think that oregon will have a preservation of obviously some roots in history and i think that'll be something that helps it along just like california like salmon like salmon or salmon come from alaska someone salmon come from the atlantic ocean people go and get weed from oregon from now until exactly. forever they're going to get from weed from norcal they're going to get indoor weed from cali like socal it's going to be a thing always it is it is moldy here i will cover that but dude we're doing great work here <laughs> you know um we have a lot of talented farmers in this state and people that are passionate i think the most knowledgeable of the plant in a lot of ways you know yeah but uh these consumers these days are a lot smarter than anybody else that's true the market doesn't lie in terms of the consumer demand they like their high thc they like when weed tastes good they want it to smell good, smoke good, and they want it for less than 50 or 30 and eight. They want it to be as cheap as motherfucking possible. That's right. That's why maybe Oregon's a good place to travel, take a trip, have some eats, get some get some pot. It's it's a great place to visit. Let's 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 pivot away from cannabis just just very, very slightly. I'm high. I was we were offline before the show. I was smashing on some salad. I'm out here, I review weed. My next trip to Oregon, you got a couple recommendations, three, four spots on places people have to eat at whenever they, oh, visit, whenever they visit Oregon. It can be anywhere in the state. Where do people have to freaking eat at when they visit Oregon? You know, I'm going to just give you Portland area just because. That's fair. I, I feel like there's just too much to cover around here. But, you know, oh, man, that's a tough question. I think any dispensary that has a... Uh, food cart next to it. it's a smart business model first and foremost if we want to segue into food i'm i'm down with lardo i'm down with lardo i like lardo i'm place to have a sandwich yeah I, I love that place familiar um, you got it oh shit everybody always people people love to say the donut spot that uh that's that i forget what it's called voodoo donuts you played know out. That. played out yeah no knock on them but don't go downtown, you know. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I love it. I love it downtown. Downtown reminds me of Seattle. It's crazy now. It's just it's just unfortunate, but it's definitely a little bit gnarly. It's gotten um, it's gotten gnarlier than the, than the other gnarly days. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, these days you drive around and you kind of it changes weekly, not for the better. You know, the more you drive around and we hit these spots every day, you know, and you kind of see them change over time and really not for the better. Yeah, I, um, I feel that I get to. I'm blessed to be able to there. see Skid Row and and some of the other hard areas in LA, and it's. Uh, I definitely am inspired to try to figure out a way to have cannabis help people somehow. I agree, man. I think that is something that our industry has got to do better at. I know our tax money's not going anywhere good, and I feel like we should definitely be doing something about this because it's affecting everybody. <coughs> definitely our industry too. You know, we're the most unsafest with carrying product or cash you know at most times of, the, of our lives so that's kind of there is insurance out there now but by then it's too late it's gone you're exactly. you've already you've already been attacked you were already in the position and it, and i know like for example in washington state the security guards can't have a you know they can't have what you can't have a weapon on the property so yeah. so it's like how do you Yep, take my stuff. Hopefully you don't hit me in the face and, you know, shoot me as well. It's just, it's wild. And that's where you see, you know, and I just saw out here with delivery in California, uh, one of my one of my partners um, mentioned that they had to cancel their deliveries because for the second time, just in the area, other deliveries had been robbed at gunpoint. And so they just, instead of risking it, they just were like, you know. And it's it's unfortunate that we're not, you know, one, it's unfortunate that people feel the need to do that because of whatever their circumstances are. And then two, um, that there's not other things in place to help protect these dispensaries from, from these massive losses and the risk. Absolutely. You know, I run a payroll company. I'm starting a staffing firm. Don't want to talk too much about it, but it is, uh, it's a bummer we don't have more protections in place, man, um, from an employer's perspective and obviously just from a cash perspective, you know, we should be more protected, period. 100%. I have to go pick up cash occasionally here and there. I'm just in my vehicle, so it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely. Um, I certainly don't broadcast it either when I'm doing it. That's for damn sure. No, I hate even talking about it now, but at the same time, it's... But that's the weed industry, though. we got to put pressure on these people, man. Like, I cannot believe that really I'm sitting here right now that I have to go... Like, it's part of, sometimes it's part of my just stuff that I have to do. Now I have no problem going to do it. It's just a matter of doing it the right protective way and having the things in place to have that all happen and to make that easy and less costly versus hard and more expensive. So fortunately it's set up to be hard and fucking expensive, everything in cannabis. <laughs> it's expensive as hell to do it right from the way your insurance provider wants you to actually For sure. It. It's Running so, a cash truck is not the ideal situation every time for three hundred bucks. Let me get the brink. Let me get the Brinks truck branded with J Ping and respect my region, man. Come on, everybody. Uh, you get a Brinks truck. You get a Brinks truck. It's the way to do it. I think that's the most unsolved mystery in our industry so far. So I got a couple questions about Pacific Green Growers and some of the stuff that you guys do there. Um, so you guys are cultivating with Pacific Green Growers. You're consulting with them, correct? Yeah, so I'm basically the branding and the sales as well as obviously just making sure that we're having the strains that are up to market and just really making sure from a cannabis perspective, we're on point. 
Perfect. So a combination of operations, marketing, sales, wearing multiple hats. Multiple hats, reporting to the person that's in head, you know, in charge, making sure that everything's going right. Perfect. perfect I got perfect. a killer team now. Well, I, we just finally got a plant pathologist on our team, which is going to obviously help me immensely. Um, and somebody that's smarter than me from a plant perspective. And I love that. Um, growing for 20 some years, 30 years now, 25 years. I know stuff, but we can always learn more and obviously a different perspective. Um, and he comes from 20 years in tissue culture, running 3 million square feet of greenhouse. You know? So I'm there stoked on that. Exactly. So Florida greenhouse and that really, that really changes our game. You know? um, we're here to obviously make sure that we're propagating and being consistent for our farms and having what they want, you know, and having predictability of what those strains are and what they're doing. So it's, it's not easy, but, um, we're focused on making sure we're, we're doing it right. So helping, helping the growers understand the risks through predictability, which helps with the projections based on yields and potential testing. And if you're, if you're in the extract side of things, potential yields from extract situations and all that kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Strains that wash well, you know, different things of that nature. Correct. Um, depending on what you're doing actually with your wash, you know, there's just, there's different, there's different strains that will react differently for different purposes, you know? And so those are important um, aspects to make sure that you're just understanding what the end goal is for the product, you know? And yeah. Fine. So you dab, you, you like rosin, butter, batter, resin? Um, I like, I like, but I love flour. I'm a flour guy. Most yeah. foremost, first and foremost, as far as dabs, not to, you know, love the dabbers out there. Um, I saw you with the bong ripping it. Yeah. I'm more of a bong, you know, I'll rip the bong all the time. I'm, I'm definitely more the flower guy. We're 30 minutes through. Let's take a, let's take a smoke. Let's, let's take a, let's do it. Smoke a little, a little sesh 30 for a second. Safety meeting. Everybody stop what you're doing. Safety meeting. Wash your hands, no. wash your, wash your shit. Check your shit. Bong. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to rip this. Here we go. Cheers. And, and then, so I'm smoking on the grease runts. Um, tastes good. Tastes spicy, gassy, and that little sweet runciness that they get. And then I'm also going to eat these edibles here. Yeah. Pantry. Pantry. These are passion fruit guava jellies. Look at that logo. Nice. Um, it's it's packaged very cute. It's a heavy jar. Look at look at those. Those look good. Yeah. Passion fruit guava. Tastes like Hawaii, man. Five milligrams of a jelly. So eat a few. Wow. Delicious. Mm, 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 mm. Score Any out of ten. Flavors? It's the passion fruit guava jelly taste test score out of ten. I'm gonna give this. This is a this is a delicious nine point four. It's delicious. It's got that fruit leather pectin texture. Passion fruit and guava isn't too sweet. 
orange orange and guava like i just drank one of the hawaiian sun drinks you know like those are delicious super sweet though this one a little bit more mild i like it um the only thing i don't like is how big and chunky the packaging is but overall the company uh, i think this product comes from gary v's agency the green street group i i think so like they're known for you know for brand how many milligrams are in that box it's it's 100 milligrams it's 20 gummies five milligrams of gummy and yeah. i actually prefer five milligram gummies i like to eat multiple pieces and 10 yeah. milligrams does knock me out doesn't matter how much i smoke or dab 10 milligrams makes me sleepy yep it's weird edibles for me at midday i don't know i don't know why flour all day all evening all night i just can't smoke flour all day when i'm driving and shit on the sales grind and all that otherwise for the most part i would but you already know with buddies i stay on the live resin which for me it's either yep. live resin or rosin is the two purest forms for me so i uh i either try to stay on the rosin carts and rosin dabs or the live resin carts and the live resin dabs it's really nothing else throughout the day that's not a bad way to go so you can get shit done. just to maintain yeah otherwise you know, you sit here and you smoke gelato or you smoke like OG the whole time. You, you're going to get shit done, but you're not going to get the most stuff done you could be getting done. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, my break, my break just consisted of Novick. Uh, they got a strain from Kyle Cushman. Mm. Uh, Cushman's uh, crossed with Dosi. And oh, wow. it's called Hazard 5OG, and it's bomb. So that's what you've got right there? That's what I got right here. Woo! Okay, okay. I don't know if you can see it. It's not the biggest nug, but it's bomb. It's good flavor. Oh, I can tell that it's a I can tell that it's a freaking a dosy stuff that, that it's got that dark, classic, tight, dense it's not gonna be a big nug. Right. And it's not gonna be a big nug. Nope. Yeah, it's fire. It's got a pine to it that you just don't usually get. So it's bomb. Hazard 5 OG. Hazard 5 OG. I love it. Yeah, I smoke a lot of OGs. Actually, here right now, I've got an animal, uh, an animal mints. I've got a Kush mints. Oh, yeah. And a biscotti mints, all from Seed Junkie, cultivated by Cure Company. Uh, and then also tonight, here with you, the next joint I'm going to roll is the PB Souffle. Who did that? It's uh this this company is called Blaze Mota. Look at this. I like it. Beautiful. Los Angeles grown at the top. It says H O de H O in Los Angeles. Blaze Mota. It's a brown owned company. Um absolutely love it. Was with them the other night, met them. They put the look, they put the terpene profile on there and they also put the lineage on the genetics. That's killer. So lava cake times dosy dose for this PV souffle. See, I'm not I'm not a freaking lava cake Sunday driver. I don't like the linalool humulene terps but like that much. It's not me. It's not me. I did a, I reviewed the earlier today, I reviewed their Slurdy 3. It had, this is the uh, Slurricane and Gelato 33. Yep. That's the, this is that exclusive, not even on the market yet. That's that fire, bro. This third, this slurry. They got a good cut. 
cowboy cut is what it said. The, the slurry cane cowboy cut. I don't know who that is, there but it is fire. Yeah. That's killer. No, that's the way it is. And that's where genetics are everything. You yeah. Know? It, you can truly tell at the end of the day, especially when it's grown right, you know, yeah. where, you know, where, where the profiles are. I think that's everything. <laughs> it's know? like, you're the person that made the beat. You know, and that's the seed. The beat's the seed, and then the seed goes to the other stuff, you know, to the art artist. It's like you got the writer and the music, and you got the art, the rapper, the, you know, whoever it is. It's like without the person who created all that lineage stuff or, for whatever slanging it's and banging in the market, like, you got to put the name of the – everybody, if you're, if you're selling weed to, to dispensaries, you better start putting the lineage, and you better start shouting out who, who gave you that cut. You better start showing Absolutely. up. Absolutely. We got to change the culture. It's not happening. You know, it's so funny you say that. And if my clients are hearing this, I'm not dogging on you. But how many times have you really posted who you got that cut from? You know, um, it's important to understand what other people are doing with that same opportunity, right? Yeah. That's that genetic. And, you know, that's where we're really going to understand what we're doing is when you actually see it. A chance, uh, you know, like what we got going on down at the Growers Cup right now, down in Southern Oregon, what they're about to do. I think it's killer, you know, getting everybody their same cut and obviously judging on it. That is not a bad way to go from a represent representation perspective. Like we just need to know who's doing the right work, who's doing the right work in your environment, you know, who's growing right. That's the key. Um, but having great genetics, obviously we've got things that are just, it's moving so fast. It's no different than I mean, not a lot of you, not you, you probably don't remember telecom and the breakout of, you know, business <laughs> of 2000, but um, it's, we're there, you know, there's yeah. just so much information and knowledge being able to be had now that we're able to talk about it a little bit more openly, you know, not just in our crew. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that's exciting, you know, that we're able to advance these things. I, I hope we as an industry get better at that for sure. So when it comes to advancing some of the strains that, that, that has either been out there, do you guys, like, you obviously work with different people, you're pulling different seeds, maybe different clones, all these different cuts. People, I, I mean, I, the breeders I know are always sending, sharing, doing all pollen stuff, all the crazy shit, right? Right now, what are you super, what are you personally super excited for that you guys have running or that is either currently out there in the market and or coming up right now um as far as a flavor that i'm super excited about i feel like that tahiti lime that we got coming on we got a great runs we got a great tropicana cookies i know that's this Ooh. season but um those are important things for us to have a good stable cut of, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think that's going to run into next year. I think we're obviously going to have lime be popular next year. I don't know why lemons, but I think the classics are coming back. You know, um, a super sour OG that we've got is super fire that we're bringing back. Um, I think those are the things that are, that are interesting too. Um, at this point, I feel like a lot of people are going backwards as far as getting back to the lineage. Obviously there's a ton of pollen chuckers out there. Um, from us, we love to work with breeders. We love to make sure that we got the right cut of something and the right representation. You know, that's important for us as far as giving it to the client. And the more we could do that, the better off we are, you know. But um, 
breeders sometimes see us as competition, you know? And so it's kind of tough because we propagate and they're selling seeds. So it's kind of tough. But yeah. at another angle, if they don't have to pay for a license to be in the market and they can work with me and I can work with them and make sure that they visit and they're doing work with us and we're getting the right cut out, out to people, I feel like that's the best opportunity and option for for everyone consumer included i agree if more communication more collaboration more science the ability for more collective data to be had shared distributed learned digested i i envision everybody taking leaps and bounds forward from an agricultural perspective i think absolutely i think without any doubt when you look at all the stuff that's happening in traditional agriculture, uh, which I don't know that much about, but considering the fact that traditional agriculture is in most major universities to some degree, and it's well known with millions and billions of dollars being spent on just the educational side of that, with tons and tons and tons of college graduates pouring into that industry, I would think that the cannabis industry would want to take notes from what is successfully happening over there and then pull that over here, right? And that is data, highly educated people, a lot of biology, a lot of chemistry, a lot of science, a lot of math. And that's what the team at Pacific Green is, is 30 years tissue culture, you know? Um, and a lot of basil and orchids and different things. So that's where yeah. I cannabis and really just want to make sure and you know, on the market's voice, on the consumer's voice to make sure that we're all getting everything right. All right, here we go. Yeah, this, yeah. that's that PB souffle. Yep. Are you it's sure that's not peanut, what did they say it is? Are you sure that's not peanut butter, bro? It says P PB souffle. Yeah. What did they say that cross was again? Uh, the lava cake do -si -do. And huh. to be real, it's definitely a do -si -do. Look at that one. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That looks like the same structure I just hold up. Lava cake, lava cake, and then do -si do in the same jar, right? Man, lots of lava cake, lots of ice cream cake this year. That's for sure. You'll be seeing a lot of that. Ugh, I'm so tired of the lava cakes. <laughs> it's kind of funny to see, you know, we, I know what's happening in the market before it happens, you know, like the season, I know who's getting what, you know, or what. what <laughs> I know. Is. That's what's so funny. It's quite funny. So, um, that's why I'm going to start, I'm going to start having uh we're, we are going to launch, um, I'm gonna. I want to launch a, a series, and maybe you can help me bring this to life by by helping set up a bunch of you guys and your friends in Oregon and all this crazy, all the crazy breeders out there. But um, we're gonna launch a series. I'll, I'm gonna throw it out there. We're gonna call it Fantasy Strain Factory. So we're gonna. I always want to interview and talk about people's stories. We always want to do that, right? And, and learn and talk about what you know, what your opinions are, and what we, what's going on in the market. But at the end of the show, which we are approaching in the last 15 minutes, uh, I want to talk about some of your favorite fantasy potential strains right it's like if you could create a player if you could take all your best of the best and, or two to three and bang them together and what it would look like what that smell might be and so this is the fun part is it's like let we're high i've been smoking you've been smoking let's create some strains together and and this part is the fantasy strain factory part so if My, you had to, sorry go ahead no, if you had to, if you had to create one, what would it? What would the first one be? Well, I know I'd want Neville's haze in there. I'd want the real cut of Neville's haze, and I think that 
having a skunk one like that would be an ideal place to start for everybody from a lineage perspective from breeding. Okay. That that right there is one. Yes, I'm old school, but that's one that I think is huge. So the skunk other, one, Neville's Hayes? Yeah. I think that's one I'd take that. That would be rad. Just a crazy, the super crazy sativa hybrid. Just a huge profile and making sure that it, that would be that would be ultimate to start with. Okay. Um, another one that I would like to see is a lot of that classic Kush come back from LA. Mm -hmm. You know, I miss that. I definitely feel like that 805 area had some good Kush. You know, some good. And if anybody from that alien era down in 714 remembers that, I think that was killer. So I'd say those two. Um, a classic OG. I'll go Bubba. Ooh, love a good Bubba. Big bulky nugs. That yeah. dark, dark green. Yeah, I'm into the classics. I definitely yeah. like that. You know, I think that um, that would be my second. That's my second. That's my second uh, okay. flavor. I'd like to. I'd like to make. So, uh, so a Bubba Kush, just a classic fire Bubba Kush. No, Prosta. the hell did i just say it was crossed with well eight did you want to just mix a couple ogs bubba, bubba and alien bubba oh, an and alien. alien yeah Ooh, bubba and alien. an alien og that would be a killer cross obviously that's another southern california story um and then there was uh, you know there's another one um what would you call that one what would you call that one <laughs> come on man you've named you've named so many strands Holy shit, what would I name that strain? Alien and <laughs> the fantasy strain factory, Alien what would you Bubba. name it? <laughs> the the I mean I'll get you on that. I will know. Hold on. You gotta rip I'll it. Hey, out. smoke break, smoke break. We need some inspiration. We need some inspiration. Bubba and alien. <laughs> oh man, Bubba and alien. Bubba and Alien. I can't say the Babalian. That would just be lame, you know? So, What's I'm going to smoke uh, from Morgan Mac. It's bomb. Keep me going for a minute. What was um, the name of that? Uh, what's in, in Waterboy, what was his name? Forget his name. Adam God Sandler is Waterboy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name in that movie? I'm forgetting. I was, I'm thinking about naming it. That something that guy's. I have it on the tip of my tongue. Oh my gosh! I had suggested Ricky Bobby the other day to somebody Ooh. as a strain name, but that's not him. Ah, uh, shit! What's the name? Nah, hey, Ricky Bobby OG would be a good one too, though. Yeah. Alien OG and Bubba, like. What is his name in that movie, though? I forget. Anyway, yeah. Um, and then you said Neville's Hayes and uh, Neville's Hayes. Neville's Hayes and, and, and a class and a the skunk one. That's another one. Those are two. Those you are know, really there's good. so much debate right now going on about that skunk one. It's insane. Um, I just, it's crazy. I just wish we could all understand where this was true and not have people look for fame. <laughs> what, what's what's, uh, what's the drama surrounding the skunk one right now? Oh man, my, there's just two parties going after who created it type of thing and what is the, the true lineage of it, you know? And it's like, 
I'm sure both of you have a really true story on this, but just can you be honest with us and let us know what's up? Yeah, and is was it was it even possible like everybody always says I was the only person growing this and this and then and it's like you're saying that nobody else thought like you over in the other part of the country even by chance? Man, I mean right. that NYC diesel from New York, right? Like that's a bomb cut, you know? Isn't that an example of sour diesel leaving over here and going over there and being created, right? Exactly. Exactly. And doing better, I think, you know? I mean, that's exactly where I think that if we can be honest and communicate, I think we're going to learn a lot more in this. Leafly is somewhat of the answer. You know, they, they tried. But we just, you know, to get further along with this, nobody knows what they're really growing in these days, unfortunately. You know, we really got to get... We got to get more knowledge, you know? Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. So so you chose the haze and the skunk, and I really enjoyed that the, the reasoning behind that. I think those are great. Haze has a really strong terpenaline, limonene, pinene profile typically. Um, obviously, it has more, but those are the ones that are the most prominent typically. And then... Um, what was the other one on the uh, the OGs? Obviously, pinene, limonene, and some of that caryophyllene in there, right? And that pinene is what I'm after most. Most, you know, most. You know, that's a key to me. Um, the skunk skunk's just a good one to work through. It just has the the right lineage. Um, I feel like skunk. Me. I feel like skunky weed. Also, it it like. It, it has that nice, beautiful shimmer to it. Like, it's it's just like a, it's just like a good strain to grow, kind of strong, this good nose, and adds on to the other stuff. Absolutely. It's like a base, um, right? A good base. We've been doing some work on, you know, we've been selling some acapulator strains um, out there in the market. I, some of it's, we've selected some of the stable, we've, some of our most stable is through his work. So, you know, um, it can come from anywhere these days. Interesting. I like Mac, I like that profile. I think some of the selections I've seen aren't as terpy as I'd like, but some are, you know, there's some cuts that are great. Interesting. Um, and, and, and how do you differentiate between the max, right? You've obviously smoked through a bunch of different phenos. You saw them in the various grow process, uh, uh, grow stages, right? Um, what is a standout Mac look like to you? You know, there's two leaners. You got the lemon, right? Or, you know, basically I think you got two choices. You got more of a lemon profile, depending on your weight and what you want. And then you obviously, you have uh, more of a purple you know, hue to it with less. And I don't know if there's a less of either profile, but you just, you know, you choose your stability with, you know, or your, your selection with, you know, the, the structure, right. Mm -hmm. And, and making sure that the profile's there on what you're looking for. Um, we could not choose. We kept both profiles and just offered them to both. <laughs> so, That's a good one. Hey, test it. Read, Let the market decide if, if they're both fire. Had a little bit of both, you know, yeah. so, we had three running for a while there, Mac three, four, and five, and it's just that got to be too much, right? But um, at one point, it's just hard to lose some of these genetics. They're so good, you know. Some of these things are coming out well. <coughs> so, so for Patagonia, you're the owner of that company. Uh, you launched it. You wear multiple hats. 
got to do, you're doing sales marketing for Pacific green growers, the client, right? Uh, a day in the life of a cannabis industry person. Uh, there's a lot of people out there trying to get in there. Can you walk people through how difficult some days really are in the cannabis industry? How many random fires honestly can pop up doing all these different things, right? Yeah, it's a gnarly day. Um, no days the same you know you just got different issues different things to deal through all the time um a day in the life is obviously just push, pushing different product every day all day to different dispensaries you know um mm -hmm. or end users or just different buyers in general you know having flower side and then also the plant side we're able you know to stay busy year round and yeah. obviously um be able to be in front of both you know, the retail side which is key for us as well as the farm and support them you know so that uh, obviously it's more indoor focused during this season you know everybody's kind of slowing down some people are running their depth still and they'll be in ground for a minute I, we're going to have another depth run down in southern oregon and you know january crazy enough people are running a third run in their season now so wow. there's, no downtime. there's no downtime um it's 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 just continuing r d and making sure and figuring out that next move before someone else does and making sure our, our shit's clean that's the key yeah that's the key um and that's a hard enough day every day we got a team of like 20 that just run around making sure that all the plants are looking good you know it's tough yeah, propagation yeah. propagation is not easy you know um it's not a it's not a simple game it's why a lot of farms struggle with it, you know, um, but it's nice to support people and be able to help them understand that they can utilize their space differently yeah. uh, and get more production, you know, out of their space and their license. So you guys can go into their facilities, into their properties, consult them in a variety of ways, kind of help them make, become more efficient, improve different grow processes. Um, maybe you obviously can't guarantee probably yield improvements. That's probably is not something that most people like to guarantee, but you could probably should, you know, lean towards that direction when you think about genetics times operational process improvements. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's, the, that's what I'm seeing every day is just making yeah. sure that I'm helping people be successful, you know, and what their environment is. And that's truly you know dependent on so many factors you just got to make sure that you you're you're giving them your you know not just your best guess but really what you, the knowledge you have for what the plan is what you know what what their environment is lending them and depending yeah. on, you know the situation so um we've helped hundreds of farms make mm -hmm. sure that they're you know thousands over the years but you know hundreds a year um make sure that they're running our stuff, you know, our gear. That's and, that's uh, super that's super exciting, man. Congratulations on your, your guys' success and being able to support the industry like that. It's you know, to some extent you guys are definitely a part of the backbone of what's happening, being able to provide the and you know, the the starting points for a lot of these farms to get and take it the rest of the way and and produce a product for patients. I'm a patient. A lot of people talk about patients first and over profits and things like that. It's important that you know humans like yourself uh, do provide genetics that take care of certain things and certain people in the industry. 
you mentioned, you know, the classic strains coming back. Blue Dream, one of the reasons why medical cannabis got approved was PTSD. Ask all the veterans how much they love Blue Dream and blueberry cuts. It's very important that we that we continue keeping classic genetics around that people are comfortable with, that the risk has already been proven to have been mitigated because people like it. It sells, the returns, the yields, whatever it is. It's not just the blue dreams and the glues out there either. It's the granddaddy perps. It's the OGs, like you were saying. Um, the CBDs, respect, you know, the different ratios, the ACDCs, everything. You know, everybody. I, I actually have, look at this. I've got a one-to-one -one right here. Yeah, exactly. And those are, you know, they're the critical mass. You know, those are all important to our community, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Big, yeah. huge, super huge. Well, yeah. before before we get you on out of here, I'd love I'd love it if you if you would take your time uh, to kind of just you know talk a little bit about what you guys have coming up. Any shout outs? Any like any you know any of your guys' social media info? Any of that kind of stuff? Oh shit! Um, just look for our flower. You know, we've got plenty of different strains and flavors coming out for the dispensary side through the season, and um, we've got 13, 14 new flavors that'll be on our menu um, for next year. We're cutting some off and bringing some new flavors on. Um, so we're super excited about that. We got a great cut of runs that's going to get out there to the people. You know, any farm or retail can have a solid cut of runs that everybody's after. That's um, super dope. And, you know, there's about 15 different profiles like that that we've got coming out. So I'm super excited about that. There's probably 10 unknowns still. Um, you know, fast finishers are something you're going to find from us, you know, this year a lot more of. And we're also going to be finding Bio365 um, as far as and known. We will be doing an auto flower propagation deal to where we're actually selling auto flowers for the first time planted, ready to go, potted. And so that'll be the first of its kind, I think, from a propagation perspective as a license. So I'm excited about that. I think those are new things nice. that are coming out that are exciting. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot on our plate, but um, those are, those, those, that's a snapshot of a few things. I shout out to Botanical Labs um, for running our gear. Thank you. Um, it's rad. It tasted, and the flavor was rad. The honeycomb's awesome. Um, Sorry, I know you're with Buddy, so I didn't want to do too much on that. But I'm no, what do you mean? Okay, man, this is this is all about uplifting all the, the whole culture, of the community. You know what I'm saying, buddies? But we work with a lot of different farms. Um, and this this podcast being an RMR episode, you know, we we I'm very excited to show love to all of your partners and to give respect right to all the people that you showed love to. So, um, yeah. you know, big big love and respect to the Oregon culture, my man, Matt Enos. I appreciate your time. And being here tonight, this was episode 20 of the North American Weed Tour podcast, officially 20. We are a quarter of the way through the tour. We have uh, three more months of podcasts, of interviews. Matt, I look forward to talking with you again. I would love to revisit a conversation with you in a few months and potentially talk with one of the partners that you have that is growing some of these cuts that you're putting in the market. And, Absolutely. Uh, maybe even selling some of them too if you have any retail partners that we can bring on so of course absolutely we'll work any way you can together hey whatever we can do to support the oregon community oregon reach out portland reach out bend we want to talk with you guys we want to showcase you all please tap in uh you guys can drop a comment you guys can reach out directly to info at respectmyregion.com 
reach out to Matt if you guys need anything from us as well. We will stay connected. Matt, we're definitely going to get some more content going about this as well. So please uh, follow up, and I'll be following up with you as well. Everybody, thank Thanks you. Everybody, episode 20, go follow Pacific Green Growers. Go follow at Pataganja. Tap in, visit his website, check out his runs cut if you visit Oregon, and I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much, Matt. Again, appreciate you guys. Thank Peace. You guys. Later, bud. Have a good one.